West. All right, so let's get right into the council roundup last night. Committee of the whole meeting, a lot of things discussed, various ordinances queued up for final passage or debate. But starting with the treasurer's report, here is Treasurer Misty Busher talking about how much cash on hand the city has. The corporate fund in the month of June had a beginning balance of $56,790,906. We took in total receipts of $49,807,536. We had total disbursements in the month of June of $31,226,903, which left the corporate fund in the month of June with an ending balance of $75,371,539. Chair DeCenso, this balance looks rather large because at the end of June we received $14,083,800. $886 in tax monies that actually went out to police and fire pension at the beginning of the month of July. And then the ARPA fund balance of that $75 million is $28,182,379 currently. So your corporate fund truly ended with a balance of $33,105,273. Wow, it's a, a lot of funds going around all over the place for pensions and funds coming from the federal government in ARPA dollars, American Rescue Plan Act dollars. Uh, and, of course, that's uh, the, the um, uh, COVID-19 relief money uh, that the city uh, really I don't I haven't heard much on the how the bulk of that's going to be spent. Uh, and they have a certain deadline. They've got to spend those dollars. So maybe we delve into that a bit further uh, and try to find out not just for Springfield, but for the 1300 municipalities across the state. Uh, and you've also got the money for uh, you know counties and school districts and universities and a whole host of other taxing bodies getting those federal tax funds. How are those dollars being used? Uh, so I think uh, definitely worth more uh, more conversation and more uh, uh, more look at uh, exactly where those funds are going to be. Um, earmarked for. Uh, meanwhile, up next in front of City Alderman. 2022-272, an ordinance approving aldermanic districts pursuant to the 2020 National Bicentennial Census. Madam Chair, I'd like to make a motion to amend 2022-272 to accept draft number three. Second. So you remember last week they were talking about this and a third draft expected. Uh, the first draft was uh, put together by uh, an independent body of the, the county with some planners that were there. Uh, people who don't have skin in the game, so to speak. Um, but then there were uh, some requested changes and a second draft. And now a third draft comes about. And last week, Alderman Williams was pretty vocal about uh, not really liking the idea of changing the map as it was ultimately laid out in front of Alderman. Uh, he again raised some of his concerns yesterday with specific questions. It meets all the requirements and passes all the mustard uh, to be legitimately considered next week for final passage. And Corporation Council Zirkle? It is my impression from reviewing the materials last week that it's, it is uh, consistent with the consent decree. Uh, we will go ahead and put something you know, more formal together to provide to the council just by way of an opinion. Uh, but it meets all of the criteria I think that we had originally provided to the planning commission the various uh, categories of items and so on. Now, um, Alderman Williams, uh, he he raised the issue that uh, it didn't really seem to, you know, the new third draft didn't seem to affect his ward or many other wards, but there's some noticeable changes in one particular ward. However, it did uh, impact ward seven drastically. And uh, I just want to know, back to my question from last week, uh, 
uh, was that alderman uh, consulted or, or spoken with or did he participate in this process? Well, Ward 7 Alderman Joe McMiniman. I was not consulted and I uh, did not know about the changes until uh, three days ago, Friday. So um, the ward that had the most impact from the third draft, uh, the alderman that currently sits in that ward not being consulted, he says. Alderman Williams uh, raising an issue. If it was my ward, I would have wanted to be a part of the process. Uh, We said we wasn't playing games last week, that this was a process. And so what I'm hearing, it may not have been a process. We used the word chatter last week. Um, I'm one of these people that thinks something like this that's going to have an impact for the next 10 years should be open and transparent and done to where everybody can participate. Williams continues. To not contact him, in my opinion, is wrong. I feel everybody who's benefited from taking away from his ward or changing his ward uh, should have had the responsibility to contact him and and speak with him as long as the time he's put in on this console and served. Uh, When I first looked at it, I thought, well, they did that because pretty much uh, he can't run again. You know, nobody. But he still has to live in that ward and those citizens are still important. And I just think, again, this council needs to start doing things in the open and speak up and say what's on your mind. More on this. If this was on the legit and on the up and up, he would have been contacted for as long as he served and as long as he's been around on this council. We wouldn't have had a spokesperson that the people benefiting from the changes would have spoke up and, 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 and talked with him and worked that thing out. That's how you honestly do a map and be transparent. So Alderman Williams, critical of the process, saying that uh, McMiniman was not contacted or part of the process, even though his ward, this third draft, seems to be drastically altered. I haven't seen the map myself, but I'm just going off of what Alderman Williams had to say. Alderwoman DeCenso uh, chiming in, responding to this. Well, Alderman Williams, I will tell you that communication works both ways. Um, we all have each other's phone numbers. We are all open to communicate with each other, so that works both ways. Um, so the idea there is if, if McMiniman may have seen you know, some changes, he should have called around and, and, and brought his uh, uh, his concerns forward. And apparently that didn't happen either. Uh, Alderman Gregory chiming in. Alderman McMiniman, if you have an issue with it, speak up, let them know. And, 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 and so if you want your change, you want to fight for them, I will support it. But if you don't say nothing, we're going to go through it with this map. I, I agree with you. You Everybody want to be consulted and stuff, bro. Speak up. Talk. And more from Alderman Gregory. We all grown. We all going to have opinions. I had to learn it. I had to learn to leave it here and give our opinions, right? So let's give them and, and let's move on with, with this map and make sure we produce something good for the people. So Now, Alderman McMiniman, I expect, is going to be talking more about this next week, but here he is last night. You know, I don't have direct skin in the game from the point of view I'm not going to sit for re-election, but I do care about Ward 7, and I don't like Ward 7 being broken up like this. I think there's kind of a, a unity of... Um, community within Ward 7. It's a very special part of the city because of the high turnout, um, uh, strong participation in community activities and civic activity. I think we typically have the the two precincts with the highest voter turnout in the whole county. Um, That's very significant. I'm going to save my comments, most of my comments for next week. But he did share some more of his thinking about all this. And you didn't have a 
any self-interest or skin in the game. When He's talking about the uh, independent county group that drafted the original maps. You drafted that first real realistic version for us. But then when council members get involved, they do have a self-interest. They have skin in the game. And so I think the, the voters would rather not see aldermen and older women kind of tip the scales to create a more preferred map for themselves. I think incumbency already has massive advantages, and we don't need to add to that. So I'll speak more about that next week. So expect uh, some good, healthy discussion at next week's full city council meeting where they're expected to ultimately bring this up for final passage. All right, coming back, we got a ton of ordinances to tackle, and we'll talk about a million dollars for some water pumps. So stay tuned. That's on the way here at Springfield's Morning News. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. The downtown location open for lunch. Also, on Saturdays, don't forget delivery. Head West Subs. Let's get back into the Council Roundup last night. They've advanced the third draft of new ward maps for the next 10 years, and then they jumped into a whole host of other ordinances. Here is the clerk, Frank Lesko. 2022-292, an ordinance approving payment to Constellation New Energy Gas Division, LLC, in an amount not to exceed $6,233,494.63 for the purchase of natural gas under an existing contract for the Office of Public Utilities. Uh, I'm curious if that's uh, increased, and if so, how much that's increased. They didn't uh, really delve into that too much. Um, Meanwhile, next. Post-site agreement with Linda Engineering North America LLC for CWLP Dahlman Unit 4 to be the host site for a large pilot testing of Linda-based Advanced Post-Combustion CO2 Capture Technologies Project for the Office of Public Utilities. Yeah, you know, this, uh, this idea of capturing CO2 uh, from a coal-fired power plant could be revolutionary. Technology's not there yet, but uh, the fact that CWLP is likely going to be uh, one of the utilities involved in this uh, could be a game-changer, so we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, next... Authorizing a supplemental appropriation in the amount of $1,128,130 from the city's corporate ARPA funds for the water ARPA fund, authorizing a transfer of funds of $128,130 from one account to another and to authorize within the water fund and accept proposal number UW23-09 with Pinter Flow Technologies doing business as Fairbanks Neuhaus for the purchase of South Fork pumps in amount not to exceed $1,128,130 for the Office of Public Utility. Motion to discuss. All right. So a million dollars in ARPA money going to some pumps for the water departments and for the lake out of the uh, out of the utility. Um, and Alderman McMinniman there urging for discussion on this. And they did have a, quite a bit of discussion on this. So here is Alderman McMinniman starting that conversation. The uh, Kincaid power plant is going to shut down, and Lake Sankris was built exclusively for Kincaid power plant. And when uh, the Kincaid power plant shuts down, there'll be more water in that uh, Sankris lake, and potentially that that water can flow down the South Fork and Sagman River, and then we can pump it into our existing lake. 
show, um, yeah, being able to maybe rethink how we how we do the pumping and if uh, Lake St. Chris, which is a combination of Sangamon and Christian counties, uh, Lake St. Chris, um, if they're no longer having to use that water for the power plant out there at Kincaid's power station, then you could imagine they might um, have a lot of water. Uh, could go back into uh, some of the, uh, uh, the the rivers and creeks and possibly up to Lake Springfield. Uh, so that's something that uh, Alderman McMiniman's um, postulating there. More from the Alderman. Why do I think we should just think about this and hold this? It may be that these, these pumps have the same pumping capacity as the pumps of 50 years ago. And it may be that we want to um, think through the increasing the pumping capacity of these pumps to take advantage of the increased water flow coming down from Lake St. Chris to fill up our lake. So so we'll hear some of the uh, more back and forth from the utilities, Doug Brown, uh, then also from Alderman Hanauer, Alderman Redpath, more from Alderman McMiniman. So stay tuned. That's on the way here. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Be sure to try their delivery. Downtown location open for lunch throughout the week and also on Saturdays, Head West Subs. So we heard about a million-dollar request to buy new pumps for CWLP to get water and to address possible drought conditions in the future. Alderman McMiniman wants to hold off on that so there could be more research done about the possibility of... Kincaid power plant shutting down and more water from Lake St. Chris being available. Uh, but uh, Doug Brown with the utility uh, responding to some of that. Here he is last night at Springfield's City Council meeting, the Committee of the Whole. These these pumps are existing pumps. Uh, they're 70 years old. Um, they are, you know, part of our plan to replace them. Uh, we have not had the funds in the water fund to do that, using ARPA funds to do so. Now, he says he can't really see the future on what the needs may be. Um, there's a lot of things up in the air that that would go along with that. We don't know when that decision could be made. Um, the, you know, what's the longevity of the Kincaid power stations? That has not been determined yet. Um, the, uh, we suspected some of the environmental um, rules might require him to retire by maybe by 2028, possibly. Um, that's still years out. Um, still years out. So we'll see what ultimately happens there. Uh, more from Doug Brown. You know, basically releasing more water from the Sankris Lake through that uh, the South Fork all the way to those pumps, to these pumps that were that are up for discussion now. Um, I, I would suspect that we would be installing different pumps at the Sankris Lake with a pipeline, essentially, to bring water right into the lake with, so we wouldn't lose uh, water through evaporation. Um, that all has to be studied. That could be years. Uh, you know, we don't know. So without knowing, he says it's time to pass this now. The utility's recommendation is to proceed with these, the replacement of these pumps as is. Um, so that we, we were guaranteed to always keep our lake full as much as possible um, as is currently designed. So this is also, you know, all part of the conversation about Lake 2 and the process of getting a second backup water supply. And how do we get pumps set up in certain locations to, to get water if we need to fill the lake back up and if there's a drought type of condition. Uh, so all of this, of course, in the context of uh, an ordinance to spend a million dollars of COVID-19 funds, uh, your tax dollars from the federal government uh, for uh, these, these particular pumps. Uh, now about the access to water from Lake St. 
Chris uh, Brown addresses that. Well, it's not just the ownership, too, but it's also getting the permits. You know, well, it's, there's right. going to be a lot of steps. It's not going to be something that we're going to be able to do quickly. And, and look, I'm, take time. I'm as frustrated as anybody on trying to get stuff through the Corps of Engineers. They, they, you talk about a bureaucracy. That It's it's ridiculous. And that's uh, Alderman Ralph Hanauer. More from Alderman Hanauer. I, th- I think they owe us a yes or no. And if they say no on Lake 2, then they got to come up, okay, what are we going to do that's cheaper? Um, they wasted a lot of taxpayers' money, and I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous and inexcusable. But I don't think we can just go forward and think that we're going to automatically have uh, have this lake to uh, you know pump out of. I just don't. I, it, it, that's that's a long way down the road. So and, and you know that might be three or four councils down the road. So we'll see what ultimately happens there. But uh, Alderman McMiniman, he wants there to be more research uh, and says that the cost would be worth it to uh, pause on this and research more what the options are down the future. You know, a, a new lake is going to be $150 million. So to study whether we can get more pumping out of a million-dollar pumps is is not a, an expensive study from what I can kind of figure Alderman Redpath chiming in, saying that uh, it's time to defer to the professionals. We don't have the education or the expertise that these two guys that we pay a fortune to to have. And I think it's important that we listen to our experts and and purchase these pumps. We waste a million dollars around here every week. So it's important for us to make sure we give those guys what they need to get us better, to keep our water supply as stable as we possibly can. So I encourage this council to listen to them and buy these pumps. All right, call the question. Uh, if if we know of if we're quote wasting a million dollars a month, what, what did he say? A month or a week? Let me hear that again. What do you say here? Expertise that these two guys that we pay a fortune to to have, and I think it's important that we listen to our experts. And put and purchase these pumps. We waste a million dollars around here every week. So if we know we waste a million dollars a week, find that waste. Let's cut that waste out. I, I get it might be a bit hyperbole, but still, any waste needs to be found and eliminated. And then we wouldn't necessarily have to worry too much about, uh, you know, having to cover costs for emergencies or anything else that uh, that may arise. All right. So they ultimately put that uh, up for debate. I imagine we'll hear a little bit more about that next week as well. Uh, next up in front of Springfield Alderman. It's authorizing execution of a contract with Starn Warren LLC for purchase of land and all improvements located at Clear Lake Avenue, pin 14-26.0-51-002 in an amount of $974,500 in closing costs in the amount of $10,000 for a total amount not to exceed $984,500 for the Office of Public Works. Show uh, what exactly is going on there with this uh, $900 plus thousand dollar uh, allotment of tax money. Uh, Nate Bottom, Public Works Director, lays out some of the plans. So for the back agricultural area, we're planning on putting the future landscape facility. And then in the front portion, we are looking at um, transferring some of our operations to the front portion for our actual streets facility. As you know, our our street garage is well past the end of its useful life. It's, Amen. Uh, the, 
the roof has issues and we have some some various uh, drainage issues and uh, so so we're looking at um, converting that area and starting to utilize that also um, by purchasing this property will allow us more operational efficiency it will put the uh, landscape facility right by our our public works operations as well I love it. I Alderman Gregory's like amen <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, next up was an ordinance concerning some surplus property being added to the list of surplus property that uh, the city has that uh, is not on the tax rolls. And they're looking to get some buyers for this surplus property. How much? Here's a city official. I, b- I believe these are part of the railroad project. Is oh, that correct? Oh, yes. And they were they bought. Are. Yes, yes. I believe that is the intention to sell them as is, where is. Yes. As is, where is. How many are we talking about here? We have 272 that are actively on the RFP for sale at this point. We'll be adding these 110. That'll put us at 380-ish. Oh, my gosh. 382 parcels of land the city has that's not on the tax rolls right now. They're looking to offload with uh, requests for proposals out there and so on. Here's Halterman Hanauer. We've got to get rid of 300 lots is crazy. We've we got to get rid of them. We just we can't keep that up. It's it's like the movie, the old movie, The Blob. It's just swallowing us whole. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I get it. Uh, it's uh, that's frustrating. Uh, but if some of these properties aren't desirable, I mean, you can't force people to buy them unless, of course, you are the city and you're using the tax dollars to buy those properties. Uh, but. Again, you know, 382 parcels of land that the city's trying to get people to buy. I don't know how you get them to uh, to buy those pieces of land. Uh, next up in front of Springfield City Council last night. And an ordinance designating an unsmoking area around Lincoln Library. Move for consent. All right, so that's uh, ultimately advanced as well. There will still be some smoking areas, apparently, but uh, that was laid out by Corporation Council Jim Zirkel, so you may see that. All right, final few moments here from last night's Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole. 2022-312, an ordinance promoting public safety by restricting pedestrians at certain dangerous intersections. Move for consent. All right, so we got that ordinance, so we may see that actually advance. This is after weeks and probably years of trying to find the right the right workaround to keep people from getting into medians and walking in the middle of roadways, trying to panhandle. So we'll see just how much that advances. Next up. Execution grant number MC21-033 from the State of Illinois Department of Natural Resources in the amount of $622,500 for funding for the Springfield Central Illinois African American History Museum expansion project and authorizing a supplemental appropriation in the amount of $622,500 for the Office of Planning and Economic Development. All right, you're talking more than half a million dollars there. Um, so that's uh, advancing. Another ordinance up for consideration. With the Illinois Route 66 Heritage Project Incorporated for the Illinois State Route 66 Experience, from the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau using DCEO Route 66 grant funds in an amount not to exceed $875,000. So that's advancing as well. Even more spending on that one and another round of ordinances here. For the Roots History Museum from the Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau using DCEO Route 66 grant funds in an amount not to exceed $295,523. Motion for consent. All right. And finally, another ordinance up for consideration from last night's Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole on the Council Roundup. Good morning. Number HR23-04 for an agreement with PSI Services LLC in an amount not to exceed $342,000 to furnish, develop, and administer promotion 
promotional exams for the police and fire departments from July 5, 2022 through December 31st, 2023 for the Office of Human Resources. So there you go. Uh, even more spending advanced. So that's your Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole from last night's council meeting. It's the Council Roundup each and every Wednesday here with Springfield's Morning News, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West.